0: This is episode 60 of the Magic Detective Podcast. On this episode, you'll hear about Houdini and Christmas. That and more on this episode of the Magic Detective Podcast. Welcome to the Magic Detective Podcast, your podcast home for magic history. I'm your host, Dean Carnegie. I am the Magic Detective, and this is episode number 60. Wow. <laughs> did I ever drop the ball on episode 59? Um, not only did I make an executive decision and pulled half the podcast, but I didn't really go into depth on Al Cohen as I should have. I totally forgot about something, so... Um, Oh, actually, I forgot about a major thing that happened that weekend, too. So I'm going to try to catch up a little bit. But first, I want to just share with you, in the future, I will do a whole podcast devoted to Al because personally would love to do that, and, uh, and I think the audience would love that as well. But I wanted to share a couple recollections with you. A friend of mine reminded me, um, <laughs> she said this about Al Cohen. She said, it's funny that all magic tricks were done with batteries, and that would make no sense to anyone who hadn't seen Al demo his products, but he, um, he had this habit of producing a small battery at the end of certain routines. So if he was doing like the plastic cups and balls, one of the loads might be like a size battery at the end. Uh, he also had this coin cylinder thing that he would produce batteries out of. It was funny stuff. He was great. Uh, Something I didn't know, um, back in the day, Al had one of the few recordings of Houdini's voice. And he used to share it with, uh, if there were like, you know, magic historians that came to town, he kept it in his office and he would share it with them. And now, you know, we've all heard this recording. It's from the, the wax cylinders. But back in the day, that was something special that... You know, Al was one of the very few that had that. That, I never knew that in all the time that I uh, had visited the shop, although I don't know that I necessarily shared my fascination with Houdini with Al. Um, It was just straight, you know, magic trick stuff uh, for the most part. Uh, One thing I didn't mention or I don't think I mentioned is uh, I had the good fortune of giving Al his very first Lifetime Achievement Award from the society of american magicians and this was a, n- a number of years back now um i was the uh, mid-atlantic regional vice president of the society of american magicians and we uh, put together a banquet in al's honor and gave him his lifetime achievement award i had hired bob sheets to be the performer At the event because I knew that um, Al Cohen loved Bob and likewise Bob loved Al so it was a great combination and we had a number of speakers Doc Doherty who worked the shop spoke Uh, Barry Taylor spoke there were a number of people that got up and spoke and gave their recollections of Al I think I want to say he still he still had the shop but he was getting ready to sell it. I think that's it was so it would have been around 2001, 2002-ish. I'm going to say somewhere around there, I, if I if I remember correctly. I've got the photos, but I don't really remember the dates per se. So anyway, that's just a little bit more on Al Cohen. And um, also on episode 59, if you go back and listen, I praised David Sandy and Lance Rich for their Magic Collectors Corner Zoom show. Um, specifically the final Tannins episode, which totally blew me away. But I do want to say this, all, all of their episodes are incredible. And and not just the final one, all of them. I mean, you know, I, I laughingly joked that they couldn't stick to a time limit of like whatever. I think they said it was two hours. And who cares? That was, you know, that was the best part when it would run over, I mean, I remember listening to, um, gosh, I think one of them was four hours or long. Maybe the Tannins one was four hours. There was more than one. (laughs) There was more than one and it was great and everybody stayed and it was just awesome. Um, just, oh man, they did such a great job. But there was uh, one person that I should have probably mentioned, um, that had a lot to do with that Tannins episode and that was David Copperfield and, um, That episode, I don't think, would have been as cool without David Copperfield's contribution. If you haven't seen that episode yet, I won't, I don't want to give away exactly what happens, but you've got to see that uh, particular episode because it's so great. Now, here's the big thing that I left off on the last podcast, and this happened on December 12th, 2020. The National Museum of American Jewish History honored both Harry Houdini and David Copperfield by inducting them into the Ed Snyder Only in America Hall of Fame. They joined such luminaries as Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Jonas Salk, Sandy Koufax, and others. And it was a really interesting program. um, And it was presented virtually online with video presentations by David Copperfield and others. Uh, many of the Houdini relatives were present, so uh, we got to see many of them. And they also took advantage of the whole Zoom aspect. So uh, I know I saw Ozzy Wynn do some interactive magic. Um, so it was, and actually at the time, I had just finished a Zoom show of my own. So it was like a bit surreal. I finished a Zoom show and I turned this thing on and they're doing a Zoom show. And I'm like, what? Where? where? I'm, I'm in bizarro land here. But it was really, really awesome and well-deserved on both accounts. Um, I have admired David Copperfield as a performer and David Copperfield's collection from afar for many years. And I, I think for a long time, uh, maybe you're slightly interested more in the collection, <laughs> maybe the latter years. Uh, than the shows but no offense I know in the early years you know David was the man still is the man he's awesome Um, but the collection I remember I remember hearing on the news listening to the radio was the first place I heard that there was like this this strange collection that was discovered called the Mulholland collection and it was worth millions of dollars and what were what was going to happen to it and I forget where they said they found it or discovered it or whatever and um I, I remember calling a friend of mine going hey how can we uh how can we raise like a million dollars and buy this collection <laughs> right uh, oh my but um Fortunately, David bought that collection, and uh, what he's doing with it, it just appears to be phenomenal. This latest thing about putting displays and things together of the various performers is just, I, I don't even have words for it, just so so amazing, and it's like the, it's like the Smithsonian of magic. And... I've never seen it in person. I hope to see it someday, uh, especially as a researcher, because, you know, I love to, you know, obviously Houdini is number one for me, but then, you know, I also love researching all these guys. I mean, you've listened to the podcast. There's, you know, before this one, 59 other podcasts. There's some obscure people in there and I love researching all of them. So uh, hopefully one day I'll get a chance to, uh, to visit David's collection and um, really see some of the stuff that I talked about in person um, and up close. That would be really, really cool. So, uh, oh, and one other thing I want to point out about uh, David's, um, David Copperfield's participation in the Tannen episode for the Magic Collector's Corner. I think my favorite part of that was just watching the joy on David Copperfield's face, remembering his time uh, visiting Tannins, and all, it was just—he was like a kid at a candy shop or a kid at a magic shop. I mean, it was just awesome, and he had so many great stories. And again, I don't, I, I. I I kind of want to spoil it because I figure everybody has seen it by now but obviously there's going to be somebody out there that hasn't seen it so I don't want to spoil it. I want you to go check it out and see see it for yourself cuz it's just the coolest and that's all I can say but uh, another big kudos to David Copperfield for for all he's done for Magic and Magic History and okay there's that. All right. <laughs> oh, and uh, speaking of magic history news, this is big for me. The Magic Detective podcast has uh, passed the 15,000 download mark, which is uh, pretty awesome and going strong. So I figure by the end of season three, we'll probably uh, easily pass 25,000, if not more. So, um, uh, that's just great. I'm loving that. So thank you, everybody that listens to the podcast. And I do apologize for the infrequency of some of these episodes of late. You would think with a pandemic, I'd have more time on my hands, but um, I've been, you know, working my tail off trying to get uh, work through these Zoom shows, and that's been problematic. I've got a great show, but trying to find the audience has been Some days tough, some days easy. I've got a couple really great clients, but I need a few more. So anyway, don't want to talk about me. I just want to thank everybody for listening and let's get on to some other things. By the way, today is Christmas Day. Some of you know that I'm living in Nashville, Tennessee, and if the world isn't crazy enough, someone blew up an RV in downtown Nashville this morning. Um, I've been following the news all day and just to find out what the motive was, but so far I haven't seen anything on the news. I'm safe. I'm pretty far from it. I'm actually not in downtown Nashville, so I'm in Mount Juliet, so I'm a little bit a ways, but if you tried to call me and you couldn't get through, that's because uh, apparently the AT&T towers are down, so I can't get a call out. Uh, Nobody can get a call in. I've got a couple text messages. Not sure how that's even working, but um, thankfully I still have the internet, so we're going on with this uh, episode today. How about that? Pretty fantastic. So uh, here's what I wanted to do. This is a short episode, by the way, but just I wanted to do this on behalf of Christmas. Houdini has this love of Christmas, and I remember over the years several people looking at me funny when I'd mentioned that. Uh, the immediate response would be something like, well, wasn't he Jewish or uh, wasn't his father a rabbi? And the answer is yes to both. So let me just delve into the holiday first. Uh, Christmas has always been kind of a dual holiday. Originally, it was meant to be to to celebrate the birth of Jesus, but the day also fell upon existing uh, celebrations by different cultures. So these various traditions merged into one holiday called Christmas, but there appears to be Uh, Not appears to be. There is. There's the religious celebration. And then there's kind of a separate cultural celebration. And for Christians, uh, they probably, most of them that I know of, celebrate all the traditions. Uh, You know, they celebrate the birth of Jesus. They have Christmas trees, Santa Claus, presents, the whole nine yards. And for non-Christians, which this would be Houdini, um, they also enjoy various parts of the holiday, like Santa and the Christmas tree and decorating and exchanging gifts. That's pretty awesome right there. So I'm pretty sure that's what Houdini was uh, was all about. One very interesting thing, though, about the holiday is it's always kind of been wrapped up in controversy. A lot of people don't know this. Uh, first, the early Christians here in America were actually against it. The holiday was even banned in parts of colonial America. Now, today we find political correctness and, and tied in with Christmas, and it, they don't always mix so well. Some groups and individuals have complained about having the word Christmas used on government calendars. Others want nativity scenes banned on government property. You know, some groups even want, want to ban Santa Claus, though in his modern incarnation he's hardly a religious figure at all. And others have actually pressed retailers to remove the word Christmas from displays and advertisements. Apparently, it's okay at the moment to use the words Happy Holidays, at least until somebody complains about that. Oh, and then there are Christian groups out there uh, that are still protesting Christmas because it isn't in the Bible. You know, it's just not written, you know, December 25th is the day we must celebrate. You know, it doesn't say that, so... Anyway, it's uh, it's all gotten a little bit ridiculous and, uh, <laughs> it, you know, if we just take Christmas for what it is, for those that want to celebrate a secular side, great, and for those that want to celebrate a religious side, awesome. But it is kind of funny how the, the holiday has had this little bit of controversy since day one. Now, Houdini apparently loved Christmas and I think I think it was more than just because Bess were, Bess was Catholic. she was she was a Catholic but I don't think it had to do with that. Um, if you look at the abundance of customized Houdini Christmas cards, I think it proves it out he loved Christmas my, and by the way, my favorite of the Houdini Christmas cards that I've seen has a poem on it and it also has this really cool cartoon as well and and the poem reads like this: The spirit of old Santa Claus communicates with me. From spirit-debunking task I pause to heed his worthy plea. I stir myself to print these thoughts a poor but sincere way to let you know I'm thinking lots of you this Christmas day. And the cartoon is of a tiny Houdini making a a Christmas card and signing it and putting it into a mailbox. It's just the coolest. And then there's another one. Uh, This one's pretty cool, too. Gentle friend, it may be shocking, but I am in your Christmas stocking. In your service, I am tied. Couldn't get out if I tried. And the cartoon is Houdini inside a big Christmas stocking. It's hilarious looking. He had some good illustrators working for him, I'll say that. And then there's one with Houdini and Bess. And Houdini's obviously in his uh, office, surrounded by his books. Again, it's all illustrated. And Bess starts with asking Houdini, Houdini, have you wished our friends a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year? Which to me is kind of funny because Bess is calling him Houdini. (laughs) Uh, And then the reply is seen in a spilled bottle of ink on the table and it says, so therefore Mr. and Mrs. Harry Houdini wish you the compliments of the season. And there are other Christmas cards, too. Uh, some, a lot of them have a picture of either just Houdini or Houdini and Bess with a Christmas greeting on them. Um, I haven't seen all of them, but, uh, you know, the ones I've seen are very cool. And, and now another facet of Christmas and Houdini was this. During the Christmas week or the Christmas holidays, vaudeville houses often saw a decline in attendance and this was even mentioned in newspaper articles. Uh, the, and there were multiple reasons for this, but chief among them was the, the Acts wanted to go home for the holidays. Now, Houdini, living in New York City, well, he could be home for the holidays and still work in some of the vaudeville houses, It was, which is exactly what he did. Um, and he did it every Christmas season. And again, due to his location, He could work in New York City. He could work in some of the surrounding cities. He could even go to Boston, which he also did, uh, because it was just a short train ride away. So from his house, he could cover a lot of ground. In fact, uh, John Cox from WildAboutHoudini.com posted a headline from a newspaper that read, Houdini and Santa Claus at Keith's. So Santa's there handing out gifts to... uh, all the children, and Houdini is there, no slouch either, doing his water torture cell. Pure awesomeness. That's the best. Now, it's true Houdini was Jewish, but I personally know a lot of Jewish people who enjoy Christmas. A dear friend of mine said to me once, she's Jewish, she said, my family and I, we frankly, we love to get gifts. So yes, we celebrate and we have a Christmas tree and everything. And I'm told, and I vaguely recall seeing this, that there is a photo of Houdini and his family at 278, and there's a Christmas tree in the background. So at, this is at his home in Harlem. At any rate, Houdini certainly celebrated and enjoyed Christmas And I hope you, my friends, will enjoy the spirit of the season as well. By the way, Houdini's brother Hardin also celebrated Christmas, as I've seen examples of his customized Christmas cards. And actually, the Weiss boys were not the only artists to do this. I've seen cards from Thurston and Blackstone and others. In fact, even though Christmas has passed, technically, it was this morning, this might be a fun thing to bring back. What do you think? Today, everything is digital. But I kind of, this is me personally, I kind of like going out to the mailbox and getting personalized mail. Junk mail, not so much, but personalized mail, yeah, I I like that. So I think next year I'm gonna do a customized Christmas card. Don't let me forget, okay? Don't let me forget. Remind me sometime like in August and I'll start collecting names and addresses and uh, designing the card. And uh, I think that'll be really cool for uh, 2021. And I wish I had thought of it sooner. Oh, and one more thing, given that uh, this is the season of giving gifts, this is for those out there listening to the podcast that are either new to magic history or collecting, okay? I've got 10 pieces of memorabilia, magic memorabilia, that I will give free of charge to help you start your magic history collections, okay? One piece per person. So the first 10 that reach me, I'll send you one, okay? Uh, just send me an email to info at carnegiemagic.com. And in the subject heading, put free history present. And then, of course, in the body of the, uh, the email, make sure you put your full name and your mailing address in there. Okay, that's for the first 10 that reach out to me. And I will send you something in the mail, magic history related. And my friends, that's going to do it for today's episode. It is a short episode. Like I said, I will be back in 2021 with more full episodes and lots of new stuff. It's going to be a great year for Magic History. And with that, I'm Dean Carnegie. I am the Magic Detective. Please be well. Stay safe. Until next time.